Chapter 9 I have absolutely without a doubt been here before, Silverbell said to the group as they ran through the white deserted streets of DeCapo. She saw a building that she was sure used to be a restaurant, and a storefront that she was sure used to fix broken instruments, and a square where beautiful music had once played all through the night and all through the day. It was all starting to come back to her. Over there is Adagio Square, where they only ever played slow music and they never stopped. Oh, and over there, she began to recount, pointing across the familiar street, once lively and now hauntingly deserted. Down there is Allegro Circle, where they only played fast music and they never stopped. And over here, she said, pointing a bit farther on, was Pianissimo Street, which actually allowed loud music at most times, despite its quiet-sounding name. But it's funny because over here- And that's a government bore! Tika warned, pulling them both around a little white stone wall to hide, and also pulling Silverbell from her beautiful memories. I used to live here. Silverbell was now sure of it. In a little white house with my- She couldn't remember now who she had lived with in that little white house. Faded figures floated through her mind, so close but still so unreachable. That's all well and good, but right now, we have something a little more important to focus on than memories. Tico reminded her, as the sound of the government bore rolling along the white cobblestone rattled behind the wall. Oh, right. Silverbell had been so excited to be remembering something about herself that she had forgotten she was currently in the middle of a very important and very dangerous operation. So, what's the plan? Louis asked of them, as they began to run along the lengths of the wall in the most awkward and crouched sort of way. Well... There is our target. Peeking over the little wall, Silverbell and Louis spied as stealthily as they could the building to which Tico was now pointing. It was much like the others, monstrously tall and white, but now it had been outfitted with monstrously tall doors and monstrously long thickets of barbed wire, and from its pillars hung monstrous green flags with the monstrous slogan, Music is a myth, myths are lies, and lying is bad. That's City Center Music Hall. Silverbell said with surprising confidence for someone with no memories. Yet, it didn't look like it should in all the new outfitting. It was ugly and ruined, and looking at it made Silverbell hate the government only that much more. Well now, that's their super-secret secret center. Tico informed them like an expert, because he was, in fact, an expert. What makes you think that? Louis asked, who only dared to look over the wall in quick little glances before ducking back down like a mole into his hole. Well... It's where they keep all the government bores and the government weapons and the government officers, so, you know, that's where I would keep all my super-secret secrets. Tico reasoned quite rationally. Oh, great. So it's going to be super easy to get inside this place. Silverbell sighed sarcastically. It sounds like it's going to be really hard, actually. Louis countered oh so innocently from where he was crouched next to her. It's not getting in the building that's the problem. I've gotten in a bunch. Tico told them like it was no big deal. You, you have? Louis and Silverbell said in unison. He horrified. She impressed. Sure. I'm small. I'm wiry. I just crawl in through the vents. There's a very accessible grate on the outside of the building. Tico explained. Okay. Then what's the problem? Asked Silverbell of this boy who seemed to have figured everything out. The problem is getting to the archives once we're inside. But aren't the archives inside? Louis's mind was clearly going through a do-loop. Yes, but also no. But also, that's not the issue. The issue is... You know what? It'll just be easier to show you. Tico finally realized. And so show them. He did.
Silverbell Smith was used to living in small dark spaces, but crawling she was not as used to, and she quickly came to the conclusion that it was not a fun activity to do in small dark spaces. In the darkness and the smallness of the air vents, the children scuttled on their hands and knees, wading through the labyrinth of metal tubes. With Tico in the lead as comfortable as a cat, Silverbell in the middle as used to darkness as a bat, and Louis falling last as frightened as a rat. Now, there were many little metal grates in the ventilation shaft because that is how ventilation shafts work, all looking in on rooms in the big building, a busy, bustling place, almost like a metropolis of its own. And though almost none of these rooms they saw through the numerous grates led to the place where they wanted to go, as Tico crawled past them most confidently and Silverbell and Louie followed most trustingly, that didn't mean they weren't interesting. While peeking through one grate, Silverbell Smith saw a room of guards all huddled around a table playing cards. While peeking through a different grate, Louis Barimbe saw a group of guards sleeping on beds with green blankets that looked very thin and very uncomfortable. And while looking through another grate, Tico Taki saw a room of guards practicing shooting rope nets at little targets. It was all morbidly interesting, but mostly unimportant. Hey guys, this way. Tico called to them in a whisper from the turn in the bend up ahead. And after just a bit more tedious crawling, they arrived at their destination. Well, here it is, he presented to them proudly. A vent that looks like all the other vents, Silverbell asked unimpressed, for that is exactly what it was. Looking down on a room that looks like all the other rooms? Louis added as he peeked over Silverbell's shoulder down into a bland-looking room filled with bland filing cabinets. It might not look like anything, but this is everything to us. My intensive research and excessive eavesdropping tell me that this unassuming little room is the secret government archives. It doesn't look like a secret government archive, Silverbell scoffed, still thoroughly unimpressed. It just looks like cabinets. If you want to keep something truly secret, you don't put it in a big fancy safe that everyone knows about. You put it in an unappealing and boring room that no one would think to look in. But this is how you know it's special. The vent. Tico reached down and took hold of the edge of the metal perimeter. It's welded shut. With as much strength as he could muster with his willowy little arms, uh, Tico shook the grate, uh, but it would not budge, even in the slightest. All the other vents are just held together with little screws, but this room is different. This room is worth protecting. Ah, uh, I'm seeing the problem here. Louis deflated looking at the grate, with as much defeat as if he were tasked with demolishing the great tower of Pizzicato with nothing but a spoon. The only problem I'm seeing here is that you're weak. Silverbell tossed her black curls back and immediately set to work. It should be an easy thing, she was convinced. Opening a grate? Alas, it was not an easy thing. Uh, boys? Silverbell stammered after a few seconds of unsuccessful pulling and pushing, finding the task of opening a wielded grate harder than she had imagined. A little help? Without question, the two hopped to her assistance, but a grate put in place by fire and flame was not to be disturbed by the mere full body weight of one 11-year-old, one 12-year-old, and one 13-year-old. Okay, ow, ow! That's not working. Silverbell let go not of her own volition, but at the request of her fingers that were screaming under the pinching of the metal slats she had managed to cling on to this long. I told you, it's welded shut. Tico reminded them unhelpfully. Thank you, Tico. Silverbell huffed sarcastically. So, brute force might not work. Any other ideas? Well, what about your instruments? A light of hope and admiration twinkled in Tico's eyes. You said you guys got here by a portal. 
Why don't you just make us a portal to get down there? Oh, duh! Louie! Silverbill twisted around awkwardly in the crammed vent to look at him. Get your flute out and get us down there. Wait, what? Louie's eyes grew wide in panic as he was drafted into action. You want me to make a portal? To down there? His hand fell to his carrying case, but he did not dare open it. Yeah! Play a little tune! Dabble a little ditty! One, two, three, easy peasy! Tico made it seem almost casual and fun, but it was clear almost instantly that Louie could not be so easily put at ease. Easy peasy? Louie gasped, perhaps on the verge of hyperventilating. Easy peasy? He repeated again. Easy peasy is portaling away from a bad situation, not portaling into it. His brown eyes dashed down to the grate and back up to his friends. I don't know how to go places. I just know how to get away. What if we portal and it puts us in the middle of a room full of guards? Or we portal and it puts us in a government bore? Or what if... Okay, Louie. It's all right. We're not going to make you portal anywhere. Silverbell reached out and grabbed him before he could spiral fully out of control, or out of the shaking air vent for that matter. Maybe if I knew other songs, maybe if I knew that I could end up just where I wanted to go, I could do it, but I can't. He told her with frantic defeat. And that's okay. We can just... We can just save your portals for getting away only. She assured him as the boy's breaths began to even out. I'm good at getting away. He told her through sad little half-gasps. Great. Well, we have a pretty solid escape plan. Silverbell smiled at him again, trying to make it seem like everything was cool, calm, and casual. So all we need now is, you know, an entrance plan? What about your violin? Tico suggested so confidently that Silverbell had to stare at him blankly for a long moment, because such a suggestion was so absurd and so unhelpful. What about it? Silverbell asked still holding on to Louis, who was slowly gaining control over his breath and composure over his manner. Why don't you conjure up something that can open this grate? You can make small objects with the violin. It was continuing to irritate Silverbell Smith that Tiko Taki seemed to think he knew more about her instrument than she did, and so it was with great pleasure she proved him wrong. I can make an apple with my violin, Silverbell told him sanctimoniously. That's it. Oh. Tiko dropped his head in disappointment. You should learn some more songs. I'll put it on my to-do list. Silverbell told him sharply, though she had no to-do list and would not have put it on it even if she had. What if we used apples, but just like, a lot of them? Louis then suggested simply. Maybe the weight of like, a hundred thousand apples could push open this grate. Instinctually, Silverbell laughed, but then looking to Louis through an awkward turn of her neck in the awkward little space, she was surprised by the look of confusion of Louis's face. Oh, you're serious. Silverbell stopped her laughter immediately, not wanting Louie to think she was making fun of him. He had suffered enough. Yeah? Louie shrunk into himself, suddenly quite unconfident in what he had said. I mean... Tico cocked his head to one side and thought, as if he wanted to ridicule the idea for its silliness, but couldn't find anything actually silly about it. I guess by all means of physics it could technically work. Yeah, technically it would. Silverbell agreed quickly, still trying to shake the simplicity, the silliness, but slowly trying to determine a reason why something so simply silly couldn't also be completely doable. But you know, it's going to take a long time to make enough apples to open this grate. I can only make one apple at a time. But what if you could make more than one apple at a time? Louis then suggested. 
I just told you I can't. Silverbell reminded him with a concerned glance. Have you ever tried? The brown-eyed boy dared to dream, and suddenly Silverbell Smith dared to dream with him. No. She realized. I guess I haven't. Well, now's a better time to try than ever, right? Tico encouraged. There's literally nothing to lose. Louie urged, and Silverbell looked between her two friends, who were looking on her as if she had the power to change the world with one little song. Okay. Silverbell finally accepted their suggestion. I can try. She shimmied a few inches to the right and then to the left to maneuver her violin out of its pack, and in order to put bow to string, she had to lay on her back. How should I start? Well, what do you normally think about when you play music? Tico asked. Nothing, really. Silverbow shrugged. Why not try thinking about something, then? Louis loomed over her as he sat on his tummy with his head resting in the cradle of his hands merrily. Maybe something like two apples? Or even three! Tico added to this brilliant idea. Or even like seven or nine. Louis added to his add-on. Or even like twelve, or maybe even sixteen if we're feeling crazy. Tico added to the add-on of the add-on. I get it. Silverbell interrupted the boys' exercise in addition. Think about more than one apple. Possibly a number in the realm of twenty-four. Tico whispered in confirmation. That would be more than one. Thank you. Silverbell reminded him. And then she began to play. Normally when she played, Silverbell would close her eyes and clear her mind and listen for music that was no longer there. But this time, she kept her eyes open and she kept her mind working, and Silverbell Smith thought of numbers. Yet before she had gotten even four notes into the song, creating only four little wisps of light, she was suddenly frozen by fear when down below, from a vent just down the way, a voice floated up to them. Hey, you hear something? The voice of an officer said so clearly. Nah, a bird must have gotten in the vents. Another said in reply. And thus their voices disappeared as they went on their way. Silverbell sighed deeply, and beside her she heard the sound of the boys sighing too. Of course they had thought it was just a bird. They wouldn't believe in music even if they had heard it. And they had just heard it. And were about to hear it a whole lot more. They didn't notice. Silverbell heard Louis say with soft surprise. They haven't noticed for years, Silverbell reminded him. Wait, that was music? Silverbell then looked across the vent to Tico, who upon his two green glasses-wearing eyes, she swore she could make out the sight of a tear and a droplet upon his cheek. That was music, she confirmed with a slow nod. It's beautiful, he half gasped. All Silverbell could do was not in agreement. As she laid down again upon her back and returned to her song, this time pianissimo, softly, just for safety. As she played the first few notes again, Silverbell thought of two apples. She pictured them red and side by side, sitting together like best friends in a dirty little air vent. And just when she was really getting into the vision of apples, and just when she was sliding from note to note with ease and grace, and just when she thought the simple silly idea could never work, there came a magical plop, and then a metal clang. Not just once, but twice. Wait, what? Silverbell stopped herself in her own tracks. Did that just work? She sat up on her elbows, and to her utter surprise, where once there had been nothing, there were now two little apples sitting 
in a dirty air vent. I wasn't even done playing, she said with shock. Well, keep going, Louis urged with an excited pat on her back. It's working. It's really working. Silverbow shivered with excitement as she lay back down into her strange position and took up her strange song once more. This time she pictured three apples, and when after only a few excited and perhaps slightly louder notes, these three apples appeared beside the other two. Silverbell dared to picture four, and then five, and then twelve, and then sixteen, and twenty-seven, and then forty-five, and a hundred and ninety-six. And then suddenly, by the time she came to the final note that had for so long been the signifier that one sad little apple would appear out of nowhere, there came a cascade of plop clangs, and then a creak crack, and a grumble groan. And then suddenly, a waterfall of apples was bursting into existence, eviscerating the grate, and falling, falling, falling down into the boring little room below. It worked! It worked! We're in! Tico looked down into the room, and then immediately groaned as the continuing cascade of apples knocked against his head. Silverbell winked at the boys, and not bothering to wait or debate or deliberate, she rode the wave of apples down into the room of classified secret hidden and probably accurate information.